It's Tuesday, January 9th. I'm Josie Duffy Rice. And I'm Trayvell Anderson, and this is What A Day, with a message to the producers of the just-announced Purple Rain musical. Yeah, cast us. Trayvell and I would be absolutely perfect as the kid in Apollonia. Who is who, Josie? There is a right answer. It will be revealed once they cast us, and people pay top dollar to find out. Absolutely. $150. Every single night, minimum. (laughs) On today's show, Pope Francis calls for a worldwide ban on surrogacy, plus a piece of the troubled Alaska Airlines plane has been found by a man named Bob. But first, let's tell you about another hypocritical Florida Republican, though not Ron DeSantis in this case. And a warning, the story does include accusations of sexual assault. Christian Ziegler, the chair of the Republican Party of Florida, was removed from his position on Monday after a closed-door meeting of Republican Party members in the state. The removal comes after a woman alleged that Ziegler raped her in early October. It's the latest development in the relatively small but very mighty scandal that includes not just Ziegler, but his wife, Bridget. Okay, I am ready to dive in. We've discussed this in passing on the show before, Mm -hmm. but let's catch everyone up here. Who are the Ziegler's? What are they known for? So the Ziegler's have been a really big deal in Florida Republican circles for a while now. They are... Super MAGA, huge supporters of Trump. In fact, they were at the famed January 6th rally in D.C. Of course. Of course. And they've had a lot of influence on Republican politics in Florida. So they've actively supported all of the awful policies we've seen get passed in the state from don't say gay to anti-immigration legislation to punishing Disney for being too woke or whatever that was about. Christian has been chairman of the state Republican Party since February of 2023. And meanwhile, his wife Bridget is a co-founder of Moms for Liberty, the right-wing education organization that seems to believe it is immoral for students to learn about slavery or gay people. She's also a member of the Sarasota, Florida School Board, where she's helped usher in a very conservative agenda. Okay, got you. These people, they are big deals in Florida, MAGA circles. I understand that. But how exactly did they become national news? Yeah, because we can't afford to learn about every big deal Florida MAGA person. There's just not (laughs) enough time in the day. But they have kind of become a big deal beginning when Christian was accused of rape last fall. His accuser alleged that she had been in a, quote, long-standing consensual three-way sexual relationship with Christian and Bridget, which they've both admitted at this point. And according to the woman, the three of them had plans to have sex in early October, but when Bridget couldn't make it, the alleged victim tried to cancel, saying in a text, quote, sorry, I was mostly in it for her. So according to the police report, minutes after canceling, she discovered Christian at her apartment door. He just sort of showed up. And she says he entered her home and proceeded to rape her. Mm. Now, Christian has denied these allegations. He claims that the encounter between him and the woman was consensual. But Instagram DMs between the two indicate that he tried to kind of deflect and minimize the situation in the weeks after. And he tried to meet up with her, claiming he was, quote, worried about her. She responded, quote, hell no, not after what you did to me. Christian has not been charged yet, but he is under investigation. Wow. Okay. So this incident, it happened in early October. These allegations came out soon after. What's happened in the months since? Yeah. So despite calls for him to resign, Christian has been fighting like absolute hell to keep his job. He has repeatedly compared himself to Trump, claiming that they're both fighting false accusations of sexual assault and therefore... I don't know. He should be president. I'm not sure, like, Mm. where that logic ends. But 
regardless, the Florida Republican powers that be have actually not really stood by him since the accusations came to light. Governor Ron DeSantis, U.S. Senators Rick Scott, Marco Rubio, and U.S. Representative Matt Gates, among others, have said publicly that he should resign. And you know what, Travel? Mm-hmm. If Matt Gates <laughs> says you have taken sexual assault too far, <laughs> allegedly, mm-hmm. that's not the side of Matt Gates you want to fall on. Yeah. In December, party members stripped Christian of his powers and of his salary, he ended up making $1 a year after they stripped him of his salary, and he was not allowed to hire anybody, fire anybody, speak on behalf of the GOP, raise money. Basically, he was chairman in name only, and they warned him that he'd be removed if he didn't resign. But nevertheless, he persisted. <laughs> and uh, as of yesterday, he is no longer chairman of the party in Florida. Okay, okay, okay. Seems warranted to me. Appropriate. Seems like, yeah. What about mm-hmm. his wife? Has she faced any backlash? Is she still leading the school board? What's going on with her? Yeah, Bridget has faced backlash. She is not being accused of rape, but lots of people are justifiably disgruntled at the gulf between her personal life and her politics. I mean, look, what consenting adults do in their personal lives is their business. I know we agree. Mm-hmm. But the brazen hypocrisy has got a fair amount of people upset on both sides, Democrats and Republicans. I mean, this is a woman who has made her living essentially calling the LGBTQ community immoral and inappropriate, all the while she's doing what she's been doing, which, again, her business, unless she's trying to punish other people for doing what she's doing. Mm -hmm. So in December, she resigned from her role as vice president of school board programs at a conservative nonprofit. Also in December, a Moms for Liberty chapter in Pennsylvania split with the national group, with the chairman saying, it's hard to advocate for parental rights when the co-founder is caught up in this scandal, which... I would push back on Moms for Liberty advocating for parental rights in any good way. Right. But not wrong about the scandal. But still, Bridget has resisted calls to resign from the Sarasota School Board, despite overwhelming pressure from not just Democrats, but Republicans. In December, the other four board members, including multiple board members who were appointed by Ron DeSantis, passed a resolution calling for her to vacate her position. She's still there, though. And as one Florida LGBTQ plus advocate stated, quote, participation in same-sex activity is not shameful. However, Bridget Ziegler has done this while simultaneously denigrating our community and working overtime to instill policies that directly marginalize us. That hypocrisy is unacceptable. So that kind of says it all. And that is your recap of some major drama down in Florida thus far. And I'm sure we will have more drama to dive into soon. Mm -hmm. But thanks for that, Josie. Now on to a story about the Pope and why he and the Catholic Church are against surrogacy. On Monday, Pope Francis, a.k.a. Big Daddy Pope, as I like to call him, (laughs) not to be confused with Papa Pope of scandal fame, of course, He named the practice of surrogacy right alongside war and terrorism as a threat to peace and humanity, calling for Mm. surrogacy to be banned globally. He said, quote, I consider despicable the practice of so-called surrogate motherhood, which represents a grave violation of the dignity of the woman and the child based on the exploitation of situations of the mother's material needs. Listen. War and terrorism are those sort of things. You just can't go being like, this is like war and terror. That's, mm-hmm. It's not. Mm-hmm. It's not. Those are not. It's not. Just Mm-mm. let's work on it, your analogies. Mm-hmm. So can you explain to me, like, is the Pope not busy? Does the Catholic Church <laughs> need more to do? Like, why does he care about this? So here is some important context. Pope Francis has been known to rail against consumerism. 
Now, that is important context because while many of us may be looking at surrogacy as, you know, a positive, right? Because it allows people who can't or don't want to carry to otherwise be able to birth their kids. The Pope is looking at all of this quite differently, though. He sees surrogacy as something that has not only commercialized procreation, but as a practice that disadvantages and exploits poor women in particular. In the past, the Pope has actually called surrogacy, quote unquote, uterus for rent, Mm. which is a phrase, by the way, used by a lot of right wing and conservative politicians worldwide, including Italy's Prime Minister Georgia Maloney, more on her in a moment. And in case you were wondering, the church also opposes in vitro fertilization, in part because of their conceptions of reproduction that are limited to, you know, a man and a woman shaboying. Well, don't tell the Zieglers that. But I just want to say, also, lots of, surrogacy takes a lot of different forms. So lots yeah. of people have their own surrogate agreements with loved ones, etc. Like, it doesn't just mean this like monetary exploitation and the way that it seems like it's being framed here. Right. And this is like a really conservative position, especially for a pope that just a few weeks ago extended blessings to same-sex couples, because obviously some same-sex couples use surrogacy as a way of having their own families. So it feels yeah. like a little doesn't add up. Yeah, so, you know, let's talk about it. Let's break it down. First mm-hmm. off, the surrogacy market, and I hate to really call it that, but here we are. The surrogacy market had a value of over $14 billion in 2022. That's according to Global Market Insights. Mind you, that's $14 billion for a practice that is actually already illegal in many parts of the world, like Italy, for example. Mm -hmm. It, of course, is not illegal in many of these United States that we live in. And so this has led to many folks engaging in forms of what's called fertility tourism to be able to access these costly procedures and arrangements. Surrogacy can cost prospective parents anywhere from $100,000 to over $300,000. So, you know, maybe Big Daddy Pope does have a bit of a valid critique on the commercialization point there. And I know many of y'all watch Little Fires Everywhere, so you know how this thing can, you know, turn out in a lot of ways. If you want to come for capitalism, like, let's (laughs) chat, but... Let's just do it, right? fairly narrow, yeah. Yeah, well, you also mentioned that this position by the Pope doesn't necessarily match with some of the more progressive things he has said as of late. To catch people up, yes, while we were on break a couple weeks ago, the Vatican said that Pope Francis had allowed priests to bless same-sex couples. It was described in the New York Times as, quote, an innovative contribution to the pastoral meaning of blessings. But just to be clear here, the church is still embracing that, you know, hate the sin, love the sinner thing that so many of us are familiar with. And that's because they also made clear that these blessings are not an endorsement of queer people's actual lives, right? So Mm -hmm. the church is more progressive than it's been before, absolutely. But is the church really waving the inclusion flag? Not quite, you know? No. Mm-hmm. 
Also, in looking at the way some of the more recent anti-surrogacy laws in places like Italy have been used specifically to target queer couples, it also might be a bit hard to only see this as, you know, the Pope standing up for poor women. But this is also the guy who likened abortion to, quote, hiring a hitman to resolve a problem. So, you know, maybe we need to, you know, level our expectations just a little bit. Yeah, I fear we've forgotten that the Catholic Church has just been behind the times Yeah, constantly throughout history. <laughs> no offense to Catholics or the Catholic Church. I just feel like that's not where I'm going for my progressive direction. And I think that would be wise. <laughs> <laughs> But that is the latest for now. We will be back after some ads. What a Day is brought to you by Monarch Money. Are you saving for a down payment, a wedding, a dream vacation? Monarch makes it easy to help you reach your financial goals. Monarch is the top-rated all-in-one personal finance app. It gives you a comprehensive view of all of your accounts, your investments, transactions, and more all in one place. You can create custom budgets, track your progress towards financial goals, and collaborate with your partner. really just makes it easy. After trying out Monarch for yourself, you'll understand why it's the top-rated personal finance app. And right now, listeners of this show will get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com slash wad. That's M-O-N-A-R-C-H-M-O-N-E-Y dot com slash wad for your extended 30-day free trial. What a Day is brought to you by Ulta Beauty. This AAPI Heritage Month, Ulta Beauty is celebrating the joy of belonging, belonging to a community composed of intricate connections, belonging to our past and our future, to the heritage and birthright that is beauty. Ulta Beauty shines a light on the AAPI community, passing the mic to brand founders and creators to tell their stories centered on heritage, joy, and beauty. They carry AAPI-owned and founded brands like Live Tinted, Peach and Lily, Glamnetic, Tree Hut, and more. Shop AAPI-owned and founded brands at Ulta Beauty Stores and Ulta.com. What a Day is brought to you by Viore. Viore Performance Apparel makes the perfect Mother's or Father's Day gift. Everything is designed to work out in, but it doesn't look or feel like it. And they are incredibly comfortable and cute and just the perfect thing to wear when I'm working from home or out and about, mostly at home because I'm not out and about. Yeah, yeah. I will say I did not know clothes could be – This is I'm being dead honest. I did not know clothes could be as comfortable as they are before I had Viore. Yes. Clothes can be so comfortable. Nobody told me. Smooth like butter, soft so good. on the skin. I, I just love living in Viore. Viore is offering What A Day listeners 20% off your first purchase when you go to viore.com slash wad. That's V-U-O-R-I dot com slash wad. And enjoy free shipping on any U.S. orders over $75 and free returns. Let's get to some headlines. Headlines. Starting with a few frankly concerning updates on the investigation of the Boeing 737 MAX 9 incident. First, United Airlines said yesterday that preliminary inspections revealed some loose bolts on door panels of multiple of its MAX 9 planes. Those are the planes that were grounded after last Friday's incident. And second, the Alaska Airlines plane that experienced the mid-flight blowout was actually restricted from flying to Hawaii before this incident because a pressurization warning light lit up three different times since just last month. So the company prevented the craft from flying over water in case the light turned on again and the plane needed to return to an airport. 
That's what the chair of the National Transportation Safety Board, Jennifer Hammondy, said during a news conference Sunday night. And Hammondy said those lights were reported, tested by maintenance, and then reset. She also said it's unknown if there's any correlation between the pressurization lights and Friday's incident. And lastly, we want to give a shout out to Bob Sauer of Portland fame, who found the panel that flew out of the Alaska Airlines plane and into his backyard. Here's Hammondy once again. Bob contacted us at witness at ntsb.gov with two photos of the uh, door plug uh, and said he found it in his backyard. Thank you, Bob. Thanks, Bob. (laughs) (laughs) The door panel will now be examined by investigators to try to find out how the incident happened. You know, finally, a good moment in culture for men named Bob. Shout out to the Bobs. (laughs) Now to the 2024 campaign trail. President Joe Biden was in my hometown yesterday, Charleston, South Carolina, trying to gain much needed support from black voters in order to win re-election. The president gave a speech from the pulpit of the Emanuel African Methodist Episcopal Church, often called Mother Emanuel. The church is also the site where nine black parishioners were killed by a white supremacist back in 2015. Take a listen to what the president said during his speech. The word of God was pierced by bullets and hate, of rage, propelled by not just gunpowder, but by a poison. Poison that's for too long haunted this nation. And what is that poison? White supremacy. Okay, let me just say somebody coached Joe Biden very well giving a speech in front of a black congregation. Mm. He got the rhythm right. You know what I mean? I'm Mm -hmm. just saying. It sounds like he's doing and being very intentional here. Mm -hmm. And without naming them, Biden also took shots at former President Donald Trump and former South Carolina Governor Nikki Haley. During his speech Monday, Biden was also briefly interrupted by protesters calling for a ceasefire in Gaza, with one person shouting that Biden should call for one if he really cares about the lives lost in the U.S. Take a close listen. If you really care about the lives lost here, then you should honor the lives lost and call for a ceasefire in Palestine. Ceasefire! Ceasefire! That's all right. That's all right. That's all right. The audience then started shouting four more years, and Biden went on to say, quote, I understand their passion and that he was quietly working to, quote, significantly get out of Gaza. The U.S. just launched its first space mission designed to land softly on the moon since 1972, but some technical difficulties could jeopardize whether or not it reaches the lunar surface. On Monday, the aerospace company Astrobotics launched one of its commercial spacecrafts in Florida. Everything went fine with liftoff, but hours after the launch, the company noticed an issue with the rocket's propulsion system that turned it away from the sun mid-flight. This is a huge problem because the spacecraft needs solar energy to keep it running. Thankfully, Astrobotics said they were able to reorient the ship's solar panels to charge it up, but this is just the first part of the ship's journey to the moon. The spacecraft is expected to land on the lunar surface on February 23rd, and the mission is all a part of NASA's larger goal to get astronauts back on the moon for the first time since the Apollo missions. And finally, the Golden Globes recap I don't want to give, but I must. In the film categories, Christopher Nolan's Oppenheimer won big, taking home the awards for Best Drama Motion Picture, Best Director, Best Lead Actor, and more. Lily Gladstone became the first indigenous person to win Best Actress for her role in Killers of the Flower Moon. This is for 
every little res kid, every little urban kid, every little native kid out there who has a dream. And Hayao Miyazaki won his first Golden Globe for his latest film, The Boy and the Heron, more than 40 years after he made his directorial debut. In the TV categories, Succession was named Best Drama Series, Kieran Culkin took home his first ever Golden Globe for his role as Roman Roy, and he took time in his acceptance speech to say this to his competitor, Pedro Pascal. Suck it, Pedro, sorry. <laughs> Mine. Ayo Adebri also won her first Golden Globe, winning the title of Best Actress in a Comedy Series for her performance in The Bear. But the biggest takeaway of the night was that Joe Coy should never host an award show. The comedian ended up taking on the role of MC for the Globes after several celebrities passed on the opportunity, but his performance was not well received. Many people took issue with his supposed jokes that he made in his monologues because many of them came off as sexist like this one. Oppenheimer is based on a 721-page Pulitzer Prize-winning book about the Manhattan Project. Barbie is on a plastic doll with big boobies. Yikes. Not great. Not funny. Really not funny. And when Coy noticed that many of his lines weren't landing during the show, he went on to say this. Yo, I got the gig 10 days ago. You want a perfect monologue? I wrote some of these and they're the ones you're laughing at. So, you know, mm. I guess we have to give him credit, right, for taking the job, you know, 10 days prior. But there's something to be said, right, about a guy throwing his writers under the bus right after a historic months-long Hollywood writers strike. Maybe he should not have, you know, ad-libbed that. I agree. And I also just feel like you don't need 10 days to think of a better joke than boobies on Barbies. You need <laughs> 10 minutes. You need 10 seconds. I feel like most of us could do better in 10 seconds. Are you making a pitch to host the next Golden Globes again, I Chelsea? am absolutely making a pitch to co-host it with you and Cat Williams. That was your idea earlier. Yes, yes. I love this idea. I will not make a single boobies joke. I won't do it. That's the Josie Duffy Rice promise. And those are the headlines. One more thing before we go. Vote Save America is about to kick it into high gear, so now is the perfect time to get yourself some VSA gear. VSA has a new look for 2024, and the brand new tees and crewnecks are perfect for wearing to your next volunteer shift or just around the house while you ran about gerrymandering to your dog. Plus, 100% of the profits from the Vote Save America collection will go to support Vote Save America and other organizations working to give Americans the education and tools they need to have an impact. Head to crooked.com store to see VSA's new look. That is all for today. If you like the show, make sure you subscribe, leave a review. Thanks a lot, Bob. And tell your friends to listen. And if you're into reading and not just the growing list of hypocritical Republicans like me, it's so long, y'all. What a Day is also a nightly newsletter. Check it out and subscribe at crooked.com slash subscribe. I'm Trayvell Anderson. I'm Josie Duffy Rice. And, and in, in karaoke, karaoke we, we kill, kill at, at Purple, Purple Rain. Rain. Listen, it's a crowd pleaser. What can I say? It is. I'm confident that the people who have seen me do karaoke would pay $150 to see me <laughs> do it on stage. Why not? Why not? What a Day is a projection of Crooked Media. 
It's recorded and mixed by Bill Lance. Our show's producer is Itzi Quintanilla, Raven Yamamoto, and Natalie Bettendorf are our associate producers. And our showrunner is Leo Duran. Our theme music is by Colin Gilliard and Kashaka. 